social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It is Monday. It is January 10th. Good morning, one and all. We have a great program in store. I want to start off with there's been so much pushback from parents against these teacher unions for closing the schools. And let's be very clear, and I'm not going to take credit, but I like that there's someone that I follow on social media that said, listen, distance learning is that that's school closures that's what you're doing you're closing the school children don't learn the situation going on in chicago is complete disgrace where those teachers unions will not go in even though the mayor is trying to stand up to them they they defy the mayor now uh here in rhode island the head of one of the powerful teachers unions is saying well for this week let's just distance learn this week and then maybe we can go maybe go back in the classroom next Tuesday, and that's after the Martin Luther King weekend. And what I'm anxious to see is if there's any Democrat official that will stand up to them. This is pathetic. This is ridiculous. This is, you know, this is becoming a voting issue in other states. And the fact that they just defy everyone and do whatever they want, um, you know, it started with the foolishness of Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo that started that nonsense that Rhode Island was number one in the country in distance learning, whatever that means. Anyone that pays attention knows it's very disruptive. That's not the way it should be. Children belong in school. These teachers unions, this is ridiculous. And they're saying, well, you know, you can't have the windows open and there's not adequate contract tracing. First of all, contract tracing, no one's even doing contract tracing anymore. As far as the windows... Governor McKee is sitting on $1 billion. I I don't know what they've been doing with the money. Obviously not. First and foremost, that COVID money should should have been put into the schools to ensure we don't run into something like this again. I like the fact that people are calling out the teachers' union, saying stop calling it distance learning. Call it what it is, school closure. That's what they're doing in Chicago. In New York City... The new mayor there, he's fighting, saying, no, our schools are open. Those children are going to be in schools. We're very fortunate with the strain. It's not impacting children. How about the fact, Supreme Court, she was way off, way off, that Sotomayor was saying that there were 100,000 children in the country hospitalized with COVID. The CDC director had to come out and say, "Um, it's a little higher. Let's see, she said, what, 100,000? The number's closer to 3,000. I mean, how can someone be wrong like that? Folks, there's something wrong with these individuals that they don't want children in school. And the teachers unions, this is just more demands. And and locally, they know that there's no Democrat that's going to push back. The one that did was, to her credit, was Gina Raimondo. And they didn't like it when Governor Raimondo called them out and said those teachers in Warwick threw in the towel on those kids. She also called out the teachers in Pawtucket and said they threw in the towel. They didn't like that. They got upset by it. But that type of pressure is needed. Let's be very clear about something. This is ludicrous. You have proper masks. You can do the distancing. Um, Teachers were the first ones to get vaccinated. They were the first ones. They cut the line. Governor McKee even gave the Providence teachers each $3,000 as just like a little COVID bonus and a wink to remember him come election time. Uh, th- this is crazy. Children belong in school. We're, we're, we're lucky. We should be celebrating that children are not, in fact, impacted by this uh, the way that you know people were afraid that they may be impacted by it. So now it's a matter of what we're going to do about it. So now we're going to have to wait over the next 24 hours as they're going to push on this and many times it may be where the teachers unions they ask for one thing and they really don't want starting tomorrow school closures excuse me distance learning which it's not there's no learning going on so they showed out shoot out something starting tomorrow to next tuesday monday's a holiday and then they say all right all right then then wednesday starting wednesday and it still gives them the long weekend because that's what it's all about 
But let's see a couple things. Number one, the Republican Party should be going after them. We have, as we saw in Virginia, this is a voting issue. Parents are fed up. And it's also shameful how certain members of the media continues to have on the heads of the teachers' unions. As I've said in the past, they're not educators. They're union negotiators. Repeat, union negotiators. They're not educators. They're not. Their concern is not the children. Their priority is not the children. As you saw with many of the, the, with the Providence teachers, it was like, I, this is what I get paid and this is what I make whatever it is if the children get a's i make the same amount if they get d's i make the same amount if they don't come to school and they're truant i make the same amount it just continues like that so this is a test for governor mckee and unfortunately i think we know the way that he's going to just swing in with the wind when governor Armando stood up to the teachers unions in the fall of 2020 uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, his quote was, oh, I, I just think they should decide. There shouldn't be anything decided statewide. So now, and also coming up on, it's either the 18th or the 20th of this month, Governor McKee is going to revisit his mask mandate. He had said, oh, it's only for 30 days, but is there anyone that thinks that he's going to get rid of the mask mandate? We'll wait. We'll wait and see. A lot of people feel that this is the surge right now. If people can stay healthy, this is the surge. But, folks, as far as children, as we said, children belong in school. That's where the learning takes place. It is so unfair. It is selfish and unfair. And many school districts are saying the money should follow the child. It shouldn't just automatically go to the school. Let's see if the Republican Party can come up with a candidate for governor who's going to make this a voting issue because it should be a voting issue. This is insanity now. They want to do another school closure. It should not happen. All right, that and a lot more on this Monday on the John DePietro Show. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, residential and commercial. It's Henry Oil. Give them a call. Since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider, 401 521 remember online at henryoil.com go with the original go with the best it's henry oil if you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business you can receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years contact karen etchells at innovast digital marketing she will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results she's local and responsive give karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find karen on the web at www.innovast.com portion of the program brought to you by the coesed in check them out on the website depetro.com the coesed in or Rhode island tradition since 1977 located 226 coesed avenue in west warwick whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers there's always a great crowd you can link directly to them and gift certificates are available the coesed in 226 coesed avenue in West Warwick. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. <clears throat> we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, Petro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor for AnchorRising.com. It's our friend Justin Katz. And Justin, uh, I, I think this, you know, the, the stories and what we're seeing on the front page of the New York Times, uh, to me, that really tells the story as far as as much as, uh, you know, Governor McKee and they try this spin for whatever reason, Rhode Island's number one in the country and testing and all this other stuff. 
There it is, Justin Katz, front page of the New York Times. Rhode Island is actually the opposite of that. We're actually the worst with the COVID spread, uh, highest infection rate in the entire country. And I, I, I recognize and we'll, we'll talk about some of the people that are not taking uh, shots or calling uh, Governor McKee to task or taking him to task, I should say. But I, I want to just start off by just hearing your thoughts on the fact that where the state is right now. And um, I, I would just say I think Governor McKee is reactionary is is an understatement. <laughs> well, yeah, reactionary implies a, a reaction, right? Um, yeah, the, the the strange thing about it in Rhode Island is it, it's you the, the way the headlines are, the, the way people are talking, you, you would think there were people dying in the streets. Um, but it, it feels like the biggest problem is people not being able to be tested. So many people trying to be tested. It almost feels like, I mean, if we're, if we, if we're doing terribly compared to other states, maybe some of it is the fact that we're forcing so many people to be tested. Yeah. Uh, and we've managed to, to bungle the, the testing re- regime. So I, I think that probably drives up the, the numbers. I mean, so many people tr- lining up around blocks to, to get the official uh, up the nose test when, you know, in other places, uh, either you don't have to get tested or an at-home test is adequate. And in that case, you don't get the big numbers reported and there's not quite the panic. So I think it's it's that's a big part of it, I think. And I think uh, the poor management of that only makes it feel like even more of a crisis on top of, you know, the healthcare shortage, healthcare worker shortage. Which we are going to touch on. Um, now, there were some interesting developments, though, just to guess. One is the Boston Globe, give them credit, they got their hands on a confidential document, I'm going to say that the people at the Department of Health, somebody there, got tired of Governor McKee basically saying, oh, well, you know, we were ramping down at Thanksgiving, and this just stuck up on us, ramping down. What does it say to you that that's actually not what was happening? Before he left, he was away for up to almost two weeks. Uh, right around Thanksgiving, it was the, um, the you know, the, the short element uh, it, it was the week leading in and then the, the week of Thanksgiving that that he was gone. I think he had a briefing on a Tuesday, the week before Thanksgiving. I went to that and then he was gone for the rest of that week. And then he was gone all of Thanksgiving week. Well, what about the Globe uh, getting a document that actually says he was warned that numbers were starting to go in the wrong direction? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I think the bottom line is – and you, you can see this as you compare, say, governors across and the reception and their, their reactions across states and in Florida, for example, with DeSantis. It's got to be a coherent story. Right. So, yeah. I, you know, frankly, ramping down in, in November was was reasonable in my view. But you have to be strong in that argument and make the case like a DeSantis does. On the other hand, if if you're going along with the panic of the public and, and you're you're not pushing back in a strong way uh you have to be engaged you can't be disappearing uh and and just acting like it's 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 no big deal and it's taken care of itself because that doesn't really go along with it and so this goes back to what we've been discussing for weeks that maybe long months with with mckee is just this idea this sense that he just isn't reactionary as you said he is reactionary he doesn't seem to have a plan and he's just kind of going with the wind because he doesn't he doesn't have his own narrative and he's too panicked about having to please everybody to make it through a primary i think that's a lot of what we're seeing with that folks again our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor at anchorising.com justin you and i talked during the course of the pandemic and one of the things that happened was in the spring of 2020 um, into the spring and almost the summer, it was um, it was pretty remarkable that at one point Central Falls was actually considered one of the hottest hotspots, actually in the entire world, let alone the country. And you know it's very dense. You have it's only one square mile, but you have a lot of people with many different people. You know they could have as many as ten people or twelve living on the first floor. Might be ten, twelve people on the second floor. Maybe right around there a half on the third floor. So number one, you have a, a you know large dense population. Number two, you also have it, it's a large non English speaking population. So a problem that I have, I believe, my opinion now, 
that the Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott strategy of equity, which is every community is treated the same. I, I believe that 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 is the failing strategy because back we saw what happened in the late spring into the early summer of 2020 that Central Falls was an outlier. And the spread was far worse than it was in places like Burrable or, as I always like to say, Jamestown or places like that. Well, see, to me, right around Thanksgiving, when I, I believe it was November 16th, when Governor McKee saw that the numbers were starting to go up, I believe immediately should have started to treat Central Falls differently than other communities because of the possibility for the, you know, it, it gets, as they call it, red hot in, in the spread. So I believe that this whole to me, it would be like if you treat you're policing and you treat all areas exactly the same, even though, you know, there are certain areas that are more high crime. So you would put more police into the areas where there's high crime as opposed to try to treat everyone differently. So what I'm saying is I believe the whole strategy of the Department of Health, of which he must have signed off on, of equity and everyone's treated the same. I think once again, we have seen that that has failed. I think so. And I think it's it's actually arguably worse than that because it's it's not even, you know, treat everybody the same. It's it's you give special special dispensations to yes. disadvantaged communities uh, when when you can give them an advantage. It's what you can't do is treat everybody the same in a way that that inconveniences them. Um, and I think that's a big part of the problem is you, you get into this this kind of racial identity politics garbage and suddenly you can't make good decisions. You're prevented from making good decisions. You can't say, here's what we'll do. Every community is different. We're going to, we're going to have a, we're going to change our response depending on the community. And in a densely populated place, we're going to have to do this differently. And in other places we can do that differently because what you end up getting is say the suburbs or more rural areas don't have to cancel school, for example. That's right. Uh, and then it's, oh, well, that's not equity. Well, no, it, it is. It's just those folks are in, in an urban setting, so it's more dangerous for them, and you've got to account for that. If you were, but if you had that kind of attitude where, where everybody was treated equally in the sense that you addressed the circumstances they were actually facing, regardless of their skin color, right. then it would be a lot more justified to, to say, put more testing or spend more resources on the urban areas. It's when you're making everybody suffer for the sake of where places that are, that are more risky. And then you, you, you don't give, you still give them all of the, the attention on the, on the plus side. And I think that's what the, the whole equity argument does. And it just creates this, this system of, of inequity where we can't even discuss problems rationally because it's, it's all filtered through this racial, racial lens. What do you, uh, what's your reaction before we take a break of, it actually became a national story, but Ellen Slater and I, I think another hospital, but anyhow, uh, the Department of Health and Governor McKee, they started sending non-vaccinated but seemingly asymptomatic or maybe it was it was excuse me it was uh covid workers you you have covid but you're asymptomatic but you you definitely tested positive but sending them to work in in the hospitals which justin i'm going to come back to and say i just think they mishandled this business with the frontline workers back in september they set the deadline of october 1st to me, they never really sat down, tried to work with them, tried to look that, you know, maybe we shouldn't lose 1,300 people. I, I think that was a huge misstep. And to me, they've been chasing the tail ever since. They have. And I mean, the, the idea that letting vaccinated but COVID positive workers work uh, in certain situations could make sense. But it's when when you were so desperate to kick yep. out the unvaccinated workers you can't then turn around and go oh but it's an emergency we've got to put the sick people back in the sick workers back in or the ones who are testing positive it's it goes it goes back to the same kind of theme where there's no coherence here they they I, you get the feeling they thought they could take a hard line because they thought it was over and they were just clean mopping up and this was them showing how seriously they were taking everything but then when things turn worse i mean i know a lot of us were saying back when they were imposing the mandate are you nuts we're in we're in a healthcare 
worker crisis. Right. And you're, you're letting them go. It just made no sense whatsoever without, and remember without any allowance at all for them to be able to prove that they had had it, that they had antibodies, that they, they were recovered immune from natural acquired means. Uh, that was, that was all off the table. Wasn't even discussed. There's almost like a, 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 hu- a hubris or a, a, an arrogance to the whole thing that makes it, it all, all feels so, so political and, and not at all like some like people actually trying to manage a crisis. Yeah. And before the break, you know, they really kind of set the tone when they took away the license of that Dr. Scully, you know, who who had COVID. He felt he had natural immunity. He was telling his patients exactly what the situation was, but they had no interest in listening. They had no interest in exploring that. And instead, the reaction was, "Okay, that's it. We're going to make an example out of you and pull your license. Yeah, exactly. It's just and and he he does a lot of, uh, from what I understand, a lot of volunteer work for the state. And yes. um, Monique Chartier has been looking into that for Anchorizing. And there's as far as we can tell, they're still looking for somebody else to take care of that, that issue uh, mm. for at Eleanor Slater and other other state facilities. So I the but it, there it was that entire lack of argument. Just no, there was no discussion, no debate. It was just this is the decision we made, and that's it. You cannot see patients. It's just it's mind boggling. Folks, quick break. A lot more politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus for heating and cooling. Call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508 252 3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401 885 4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, I think the bottom line, I'm curious, what, what's happening right now with Governor McKee, I, I'm not sure it could be worse. Um, to me, it's totally reactionary. They're acting like we've never gone through this before. We have. I know they could say everyone's kind of scurrying around but you would think the smallest state might be easier to manage than you know you think about that Rhode Island's actually in a worse situation than California some pretty large states I think the bottom line is though do you think does this stick are people going to remember and is this going to hurt Governor McKee in the September primary I think it is I think a lot of people have have kind of they were holding out suspending doubt about him and i think this really starts to push it into you know they put a mark on his card and it's going to take a lot of recovery from this and then you know it could be done if if, but but the the lack of i guess spine and, and the lack of coherence to his policies and mixed in with the already several personnel scandals he's had uh, all of that together i think people have have really essentially written a story about him you know he's just the bungling governor at this point and i don't know how he gets out of that unless he does something very very strong uh puts his foot down and gambles on some policy where he puts his foot down and turns out to be right that's about the only way i can think him in getting out of this and that's exactly the opposite of what he's been doing and it's exactly the reason he's in the the situation he is he's unwilling to say this is what i think I've done the work. I've done the studying. I'm putting my foot down. If I turn out to be wrong, make me pay for it. But and but if I turn out to be right, you're going to have to give me credit for it. I, he hasn't done that. He hasn't had the courage to do that. And so I, I don't see him 
see him doing it now and he's he's left himself open where no matter it's you know it's almost like when the general assembly that you've got the two chambers the house and the senate and sometimes if you watch what they do one will pass legislation one year and the other won't and so it doesn't pass and then they'll switch the next year and then they can yep. both go to the ballot box and say oh we killed that or oh we we passed that depending what the person they're talking to wants to hear you get the sense McKee is in the reverse of that. No matter what he does, he's angered somebody. He's made some move. He was too tepid on testing and, and all that and man- mandates, but then he wasn't because he gave in. So the other side is angry at him. I don't, yes, yeah, so I, I, I think he's, if I had to put money on it, I, I would, I'd put most of my chips on, on him not making it through the primary. Yeah. You know what else, Justin, is interesting and even remarkable is just the fact it's not even a matter of, of money. Uh, I caught Dr. Ja, who was um, on ABC's This Week with Stephanopoulos. He was saying the biggest failure right now in America is these politicians sitting, up, literally sitting on $1 billion, and you still have schools saying they're, they're going to go remote, and there's no remote learning. Remote learning, that was a, a lie put forward by, remember Governor Regina Raimondo saying Rhode Island was number one in distance learning. Uh, no one is a fan of that. We've done a lot of harm to children who have fallen behind. But in this particular situation, again, I don't know if it's Governor McKee or the Department of Health. It still falls under him because he's supposed to have control and they report to him to be literally sitting on one billion dollars, not 100 million, one billion. And now you're still going to watch the schools go the distance learning, remote learning, whatever you want to call it, because they don't have a proper number of masks, because they don't have tests, because they didn't fix the filtration system this is beyond inexcusable and to me justin it it shows someone who's in over his head and either he didn't have good instincts or good information or the people around him but either way i I don't know what he was doing as lieutenant governor we know he was anxious to get on the stage and you know governor Raimondo would be asked that he was writing letters to her when he was lieutenant governor was he not paying attention i mean it, it is to me it's it reeks of, you know, for, I know this is going to sound insulting, but it, it's like Governor McKee is not ready for prime time. He was, you know, anxious to get a shot. You know, coach put me in and then he got his chance and it's like freezing like a deer in the headlights. Yeah, it is. And, and the, what's, what's amazing about it is, you know, a lot of the, the spending of the money is, is arguably not his fault. I mean, you've got a, a strong General Assembly dragging their own heels uh and but what what an opportunity for him as a reasonable you know former mayor businessman all that uh strong you know executive kind of person to to be at least talking about spending the money and putting out plans and trying to pressure the general assembly to do it but you know you get the feeling what happened with that was the money came from the federal government too late to do what they intended it to do. And so everybody thought COVID was just about over and it was just going to be free money. They could slush around all their special interests and their inside friends. Uh, And now that things are getting worse again with COVID and it's not just going away, uh, they're very reluctant, I think, in a general assembly and the, the governor's office to, to say, you know what, all those, all those plans, all the, your friends that you, you promised million dollar deals to, we gotta, we gotta pull back on that and, and do use the money for the, you actually use it for the schools and for, for our own uh, state. Uh, that I think that's the sense I get from it. And it, he, some of that, a lot of that's not his fault because the other politicians in the state are doing are, are drooling as well and putting that That's pressure right. on him, but he that it gives him that gives you an opportunity to yep. jump out and say I'm the different one. But the problem right. is he's so scared of the primary that yeah. he doesn't want to be the different one. He wants to right. be friendly to the progressives and the, the wacky people and the special interests like the teachers unions. And that's his that's his problem, and I, I think he's going to pay for it. Speaking of, um, and again, folks, our segment is politics this week with me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Speaking of the race for governor, Justin, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, I I thought it was kind of an interesting column. He was trying to argue that former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, who's expected to run for statewide office for general treasurer, McGowan started to make the argument that he thinks he should actually make a third bid for governor. And you wrote, and I think he even pointed it out, you wrote that you did not think that that was a good idea. And I wanted to give a give you a chance to walk us through a little bit. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, with the disclaimer, I, you know, I've, a lot of Republicans, particularly uh, ones who are, who are rel relatively friendly to make America great again and Donald Trump, as I am, uh, have, have problems with Alan Fung. And a lot of that is personal. I've never quite gotten it. He seems like a, a, a pretty strong Republican and part of the, part of the team, he, you know, anybody they could, could do better. Uh, but the thing that, the thing that I'm very hesitant about, and it was very eye-opening or what have you, was when his wife, Barbara Ann Fenton Fung, became yep. a member of the General Assembly and is has been putting in legislation uh, that's so radical and so bad. I've actually contacted her at times to say, I just want to make sure this was deliberate and not a mistake that your name's on this list. And she was like, nope, no mistake. I uh, just, she's so far left and then also so hostile to others in the party. I um, mean, we saw it last week or the week before with Patricia Morgan. Yeah. So I was the, the chairwoman, Susie Yankee and farther back. That is just very worrying to me. And it, it has a lot of it has a lot of credibility to the my fellow conservatives who've had concern expressed concerns to Fung that I didn't quite see before. Uh, so I, I I don't think this is the time he should be jumping in. I and I I just it makes me nervous to to think of that kind of power couple there uh, in office. And I I don't know if if that's necessarily fair, but but I think that's that's. A real hindrance to him and i think it could be such a hindrance that he might not even be able to cross the line depending who his his competition is in the general in the uh on the democrat side so i think you know my conclusion is if the, dan mcgowan was saying he's hearing that fung's looking at general treasure you know that i i, I think that would be a better fit for him for fung right now and, and things could things could change uh either because of the the next governor makes mistakes that we need a Republican to come in and fix, or maybe his, his wife starts to moderate her views or loses office after in the next election, uh, which is what I would hope for. And then, so you've got a few years, maybe up to six without her in office before he could run for governor again. And I think that that's the better path, but, but she has really made me start to question um, him as well, frankly. They, um, that's interesting that I believe the strategy is that I'm not giving any confidence away, you know, win a statewide office. Uh, they certainly is a feeling they feel that he could win uh, for general treasurer uh, based on his experience with that. And, you know, he's again, he ran up against a pretty tough opponent in Gina Raimondo. I don't think his uh, I don't think his his wife, by the way, who does not caucus with the Republicans when Susie Yankee was coming in. The funds had their own candidate to be the head of the party. That woman did not get it. I think the woman from Jamestown. That fence has never been mended between Susie Yankee and, and the Fungs. I don't think Barbara Ann Fung, Fung is going anywhere. I think the next office that she would eye and like would be uh, Mayor Cranston. I don't know if she's – I don't think she's going to run for that as long as uh, Ken Hopkins is the mayor. But I, I – you know, she even floated out that would be an office that would be interest, uh, you know, interesting to her. or She might show some interest. Um, I, I could argue it both ways. I think the McGowan like this. This is the moment. You know, sometimes you can plan and plan. But then if you miss that window, um, someone who kind of like a Charlie Baker Republican in some ways, a little bit of a moderate Republican, um, certainly known statewide. He's better than anyone else they have. You could even make the argument. Uh, Mayor Fung is a, probably a higher approval rating than anyone on the Democrat side that's uh, running for governor. So that's that's something that I think we will learn in the in the next couple of weeks, folks. Another quick break, <clears throat> a lot more. Justin Katz, managing editor, AnchorRising.com. Our segment is politics this week, right here on the John DePietro Show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender bender, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 
272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340. Our segment is politics this week. Justin Katz, I posted about, and I'm glad you wrote it. It's um, it's called Hope Academy, but to me, this this that I got my hands on, which was a posting, they needed a teacher's assistant. You don't even have to be a college grad, but they went into extensive detail the type of teaching assistant. Hope Academy is a charter school on Eddy Street in Providence. It's grades K through five, but to think some of the skills they have is admitting privilege and dealing with racism and walking people through and that type of thing. Um, I like how you, you called it, you know, woke, woke Academy instead of hope Academy, but Justin, I, I hope for once and for all this silences there, there are still people, both media and Democrats in the state that insist there's, there's no critical race theory to say, you're going to hire someone to be just a teaching assistant, not even the teacher. And, and they want them fully, you know, you're willing to, as they say, admit privilege and uh, talk about racism and microaggressions and everything else. I, I would I would argue that that is about as woke as you can get. You know, absolutely. I mean, they it wasn't even uh, kind of a an asterisk or a note at the end of the ad. I mean, the first three skills were all they won in this person were all basically uh, pulling the uh, critical race theory line. Uh, but it, And I, I think for me, what, it, what made it really jump out was in October, I wrote about, I had come across myself some job postings from Roger Williams University, and they wanted all candidates for all jobs to to write about how they how they advanced uh, equity and all that stuff and and how they lived it out in their lives and, and you're talking every job from from like a line cook to a gender to to a nude model for art students I mean everyone and so you, you really see this starting to filter down and as you say it's it's really getting to a point you cannot argue that this is not in the schools. They're hiring teachers explicitly along and assistants explicitly along these lines. Uh, and I, I, I think it it's, should be a wake up for call for folks. And I, I don't, it's not getting much air except from people like us, but I, you know, the other, the other news outlets aren't really covering this thing, but this sort of thing, but it's, it's in there and this is what they're hiring based on. It's, it's kind of disturbing. And this, I just saw a headline earlier uh, this this week from somebody in a national-wide kind of school choice movement saying, you know, it, it, critical race theory is there and, and all these laws states are passing are not going to do it. They're going to put it in. It's going to be intrinsic to everything they do. Uh, and this person's argument was the only thing you can do is is just get out of that that environment, which is kind of disturbing. But those, those ads are going to proliferate and people should keep an eye out for them. Uh, Justin, also the story of of last week that was just devastating. And that was the 17 year old East Greenwich high school student was merely just going home from her sisters uh, on new year's Eve. It turns out a career criminal came cruising along going well over 100 miles an hour, literally crashed into her car, sending it speeding off the highway. I mean, it's, it's terrible. She, she was killed in the crash that more and more have come out. This is some of the last, 10 to 11 years has been absolutely in and out of the system, repeat criminal. And, and I would argue, notice, Justin, there was, you know, there was nothing said about from the governor. There was nothing said from, I don't expect a mayor Lorza, but um, I, I, I don't know. I wonder, I should say, do the voters recognize that in the state when everything, whether it be the Providence City Council of Cat Kerwin or the General Assembly of Black Lives Matter and defund the police, and let's face it, the state house they crank out and approve more liberal, progressive-leaning judges because you certainly don't have Republicans up there. And so we, the citizens, are left where you have a child who is on the roadways and someone that you would think would be locked up in prison has proven themselves to be a, a career criminal. But it's it's frightening how much I believe the political tones in the state kind of set the narrative. And that's why you get someone that just keeps getting suspended sentence, suspended sentence, and then they are free out on the roads on something like that. 
Yeah, they. Uh, if for anybody who doesn't think it's important what what the news media decides to pick up and what angles they tend to play, I, th- I think this is a a really good example of that. I mean, if you think about if if it had been somebody, some drunk guy shooting around, running around with a gun and shooting people uh, wildly, that would be a Second Amendment story. You'd have every every Republican or or, or every pro gun legislator would have would have to answer for it uh there would be all the nationwide stories about how many or stories locally about how many people were shot nationwide you don't get any of that it's just a it's presented as a non-political tragic late night accident uh and that's the story that gets told and that's what a lot of people will process it as because they haven't had it highlighted they they haven't had it tied with uh you know all the all the, the talk about defunding police or, or nationally you hear about um, George Soros funding campaigns for, for far left uh, prosecutors. This is a nationwide issue of, of people not being put in jail. It wasn't tied. I noted this on, on Anchorizing. It wasn't tied. I mean, just recently, the, the guy who drove his car through the Christmas parade. Yeah. Uh, what similar, very low bail was out, probably shouldn't have been a uh, left-wing prosecutor. Didn't, um, didn't put the bail high enough. And there you, there you go. You've got people dead. That that's a nationwide trend. And there are a lot of these, when the news media wants to make a nationwide trend, they will, but around yeah. here, yeah, you don't get that story. Even right down to headlines. I mean, Cumberland man. I mean, I, I know he, he had an address in Cumberland and a little bit, I, I haven't dug into this to the point where I'm, I'm willing to put a, a big exclamation point on it, but from what I can tell, he's still registered to vote in Providence. So, you know, the, but the idea that they, they immediately wanted to push it out to Cumberland, oh, it's, you know, just some suburban guy driving around and no, you're, you're really not painting the picture here either on who he was or what allowed him to be out and about. And it, it really starts to irk me because this is what we, what, what government's supposed to be doing, right? They're right. supposed to be making sure that whatever it is, whether it's yeah. because you're locking people up or because he, he was afraid and he had, as you pointed out, uh, he, he was, um, he was saying on social media, he was going yeah. to, he was going to get inebriated and drive yeah. around. I mean, he was talking about hurting himself, but he, he, this guy was on the road. So you could either have these people, you know, locked up or you could have, have them just afraid that they're going to be locked up, but he had previously gotten away with driving without a license. Uh, so the, the idea that this isn't a big political story, that this isn't about what government is failing. It's not just a tragic accident. The tragic accident is that we have no way of getting our government to respond. And I, I noted right. that the, the Republican running for attorney general, uh, Chaz Kalenda, I think his name is, he put out a press release and it got you know coverage in kind of the two older guard media outlets, the Province Journal and WJAR, but that was it. A little bit of a little bit of conversation about it, but then it went on and they moved on to the next story. Uh, but that's that's what we need. We need to be able to see the options. We need to, the people who are actually responsible for fixing these things to to be paying some kind of political price. But we just don't do that in Rhode Island because they're all political insiders. They're all friendly with the journalists and that's just the way it is. So people will continue to get hurt. And I, I noticed that the week between Christmas and New Year's, if you remember now, you know, there's a boy, uh, you know, by all accounts, we can say non-English speaking family came here illegally, what have you, in Providence. But he was missing. He left, got in a fight with his mother, stomped out of the house. Uh, that was a huge story in the media. Mayor Laws had a press conference. The kid was found two doors down from where he lived, or a couple doors down, I should say, two or three nights after that. Mayor Laws had a press conference on that and had all the police there. Justin Katz, on August 1st, Maya Brophy Behrman from Warwick was shot and killed for no reason, University Heights, in a gang drive-by shooting case of mistaken identity. And Mayor Aloysio was not only not seen, he still left right on schedule for his New Hampshire vacation. So I, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't understand how the media doesn't even see, like, the disproportionality. You have someone who was seemingly just had a fight and ran away from home in his own neighborhood for a couple of nights compared with, and there's the mayor there and big message and sent here. You have someone who was shot and killed and they don't have anything. Now, Justin Katz, speaking of that, uh, general assembly is in fact back in session. Um, wh- what are you going to be watching for the, for the general assembly for this session? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be hoping they have a, uh, they have to, 
cancel a lot of sessions because of COVID. <laughs> right? yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting because in recent sessions, you started to see them moving farther and farther left. Uh, you know, the, the supposedly conservative uh, or moderate, say, uh, leadership and Mattiello and, and Ruggiero were, were moving, moving more and more, less Mattiello, more Ruggiero. Uh, Ruggiero now is talking a bit more, I mean, maybe he's nervous about the upcoming elections. Uh, right. and he, so he's not, he's put his foot down on tax the rich stuff. Um, on the other hand, Shikarchi, you know, he's, he's qu- more quiet about it, but he's, he's proven to be pretty progressive himself. Uh, and so I think I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be hoping that the, the wiser, if cynical heads like Ruggiero are, are kind of put their foot know. down and say, we're not passing stuff. But I, I, I have a feeling a lot, there's going to be a lot of pressure from progressives because yes. they do sense that nationwide, the tide is turning against them because <laughs> frankly, the people they put in office can't do anything right. That's right. Uh, they keep so, failing. But, and, and, and finally, what do you make of uh, Mayor Lorza has set a deadline this week that if uh, I believe in Providence, it's 80 police officers. If they don't, get vaccinated, then they're going to be out of a job. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that goes right back to what you were saying, right? There's no, there's no press conference when a nope. young woman gets shot. There have been no press conferences. I mean, a few years ago, Alorza was having press conferences on, on the street because somebody threw a couple white supremacy pamphlets around That's right. in Providence. I mean, that was, a, that was worthy of a giant press conference at that time. And you've got Providence College students getting beat up in the yeah. streets I and mean, that's that looks terrible for the city yeah. and there's no press conference and so in the face of all that to be talking about and, and in the face of mckee bumbling on having oh. gotten rid of healthcare workers you're going to be out there pushing cops out of out of work because they won't get the the mandates i, I get the vaccine it's just it's just bizarre and i, I thought it was one interesting tidbit on all that though was when the, the union president called him a figurehead because that's really how i've been feeling about it was recently yes. I mean, where is he it's as if the news media isn't even bothering to pay attention to him or and he's not out there doing anything everybody's just kind of moved on now to whoever's going to be next because they know he, he's not running for higher office so he's no longer interested uh, that the the idea that yeah i mean police would be out of work and other state workers as well. I mean, you, you can accommodate them. And I think what's going to happen um, in my, my hope, but also partly analysis is that in, in not too short order, Omicron will have burned through. Uh, we'll be looking to the spring and everybody will be recovering and, and getting back into things. And it's going to be, a, I, I think some of these politicians, McKee, Alorza, are going to regret having put their foot down so hard on, on the vaccine thing for the virtue signaling, virtue yeah. signaling to the Twitter outer. Yep. No, I agree. Folks, again, he is the managing editor at AnchorRising.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. Talk to you soon. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in. You'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health, because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Check out the website, dipietro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there. And that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, depetero.com, depetro.com. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster 
for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate, 401 688 Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement, your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal, 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Look for them on Facebook, Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway, 401-688-0517. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website, dipetro.com, the Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available, the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Now, while you're there, uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories. Folks, we cover stories the rest of the media ignores. It's real news, whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break log on at the website that's also the best way to reach me by the way if you'd like to get in touch with me just scroll down a little bit you'll see a a button that says contact john you can also support the program you you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com and it's all our links to social media whether it's facebook so you can watch facebook live or also twitter or youtube or instagram so take a minute, and then also we have some great sponsors there as well. It is a happening. Check it each day. It's depetro.com. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, residential and commercial. It's Henry Oil. Give them a call. Since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider, 401 421-0200, 421-0200, remember online at henryoil.com, go with the original, go with the best, it's Henry Oil. Propane Plus, for heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401 885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, Good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359, and in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus.